from the Rose City in beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon, home of bikes, books, bridges, beards, food carts, startups, and indie coffee. Grab your dog, snatch your hammer and beer, leave your umbrella at home. Welcome to the Tiny House Podcast. It's the Tiny House Podcast. I'm Perry. Good morning. This is Michelle. And this is Mark. And we are kicking off this podcast this morning in the rain. Portland rain is back. It's fall. It is fall. But it's totally okay because I just bought a brand new top for my very old convertible. So even though it was pouring down rain, I didn't have to go out there and rush out there with a tarp and cover up my car because my trunk was filling with water. So today I'm thankful for the little things. Right on. Like a new convertible top. Yes. Awesome. So it's filling with water before, huh? Well, when the tops go south, the seam between the window and the back of the, you know, the back of the top, um, literally it just funnels the water. It right funnels in. the water nice. into the trunk, and I wow. would collect, you know, <laughs> one, two, five, twelve inches of water in my trunk, and so I was constantly having to drain it and towel it and put heaters in it. And this year I'm super today specifically, but this year I'm super super thankful that I don't have to do that anymore. Yeah, and good thing you don't keep your laptop back there. Yeah, that yeah, that'd be a bad idea. Yeah. So knowing you, I'm surprised idea. you didn't turn a trunk full of water into a business model. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, <laughs> mobile dog wash. <laughs> <laughs> Throw it in back. <laughs> I'll drive 50 miles. She'll come out squeaky clean. <laughs> uh, write that down. Yeah. I have an ideas book. I gotta write that down. Uh, so Perry. Yeah. Oh. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> We haven't talked about it in like three shows. And Has I'm, it been three shows? It's seriously, it's been like three or more, and oh. I'm dying to know. Have you How's heard from your contractor yet? Yeah, <laughs> he's been here. So my my old, I had an old friend that we were we were friends for like twenty twenty two years, and then he disappeared. I won't say why. I know why. And then we just reconnected about four weeks ago, and I told him about my tiny house, and he is a builder, and so he's super excited. So my contractor showed up last week to finish the um, one of the walls and said we needed to do some um, sh- uh, structural integrity building, basically putting the sheeting on the outside. Okay. And so my friend Bill and I did that last weekend. And the builder uh, came back this week to cut the windows. We, they're all framed. They have the, what do you call those? The kings and the queens? And the, <laughs> jack studs and the king studs. Yes, the king studs and the jack studs. Or in my house, the queen stud. <laughs> yes, exactly. Okay. Sure, and you've, the you've got a phrase a lot there, yes. Michelle. <laughs> king studs here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so uh, he, cut, he, cut the, he cut one window, the east-facing window, given where the thing is positioned but he did not cut the south facing or the west facing window because of the weather coming in and he didn't he wasn't going to be able to complete the windows before the rains hit so we've got one window hole cut and um bill my best friend and i are going to hit it again this weekend and we're probably going to start the bathroom wall and the stairs there's this fun yeah it's it's actually very fun especially with bill because he's just a character but um bill bill is gay and um he has this this since he calls it gayification, he's gonna gayify <laughs> my <laughs> internal space. <laughs> Ooh, I know, <laughs> right? But he's got this sense of design that that you know stereotypically is very beautiful, and so and he's a builder, so he knows how to do all this shit. So he he gave me the task of figuring out the rise and the run on the stairs that are leading to the second floor. Uh, we took your advice to build a second floor instead of just do the sheep wagon that, or shepherd wagon that we were originally gonna do. Yeah. And so it's coming along. 
we're pretty excited. That's so exciting. That's fun. It's still going slower than I thought, obviously. Yay. <laughs> but Yay. thanks for asking. You're welcome. So rather than doghouse, my vote now, mm-hmm. rather than calling it doghouse, let Bill name it. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. That's hey, really or we could idea. hold the contest and let the Ooh, listeners. Oh, that's exciting too. <laughs> we can do this whole Twitter thing. <laughs> we can do this whole Twitter thing. I'll donate some prizes. Nice. Uh, yeah, that'd be fun too. So, so stay tuned yeah, for stay updates tuned. and future uh, oh episodes. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> we'll have to make you tweet pictures. Well, I don't know if we're going to be able to do that because we're. We're flying seriously under the radar here. Uh, well, we won't give the address. Okay, that's good. Unless idea. people pay us. That's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we have a guest today. Speaking In of studio. flying under the radar. Just, yeah. oh, are, oh, really? It's a oh. one name guest like Shay. It's a one name oh, guest. Oh, that's right. Yes. Oh, that's right. I remember that from last week. Okay, so we. And have... we're going to have to run her voice through some kind of synthesizer. <laughs> 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 My name is Celeste. <laughs> I am a woman, but I sound like a man. <laughs> Welcome, Bill. No. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he remembered who, your name, so consider That's yourselves yeah. really, really uh, high up on the list of yeah. people. So. Hi, Celeste. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Really good. Good. So Celeste is here because, um, as Michelle put it, we've, in, we've interviewed everybody under the sun. Um, all kinds of different people, but we haven't interviewed very many just straight up occupiers of a tiny house. We've interviewed people who've built their own and I've occupied them, but we haven't really spoke to someone like Celeste. And so Celeste is here under the radar. She has a bag over her face so we can't (laughs) see who she is. (laughs) The the unknown comic, was that his name? (laughs) 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 So Celeste, um, tell us how you found out about the tiny house movement. You know, when I was thinking about this, it really wasn't about the movement. Um, It was more about me trying to reduce my footprint um, and use every space that I'm living in. So I went from a 1,600 square foot townhome that I lived in with just me and my dog and spent most of the time in one and a half rooms. So, um, when my lease was up last June, I decided, hey, it just makes sense for me not to waste those resources in space. And um, I'm sure that there was somebody with kids or, you know, a larger family that could use all that space. And I just felt a a little, um, a little bad for wasting it. So, I put my plan into action. Actually, I didn't have a plan, but... You know, I started thinking about it and researching a lot and um, just went forward. How did you, but how did you settle on tiny houses as opposed to just like a smaller apartment? You know, I don't really know. I think most of it was because I have a dog and so I don't want her to be disturbed during the day. Um, I wanted something that, I owned, but I didn't want to own a house, a, a, a traditional house because of size and because I don't do yard work and all this kind of stuff. So I just um, thought it was a better fit for me. Interesting. And so I'm going to ask you a question. So so Celeste does not want us to talk about her work, and I'm not going to ask you about your work, but I am going to ask <laughs> you about generally uh, how much money do you make? And the reason why I'm asking this is because we have a we have a thing on the side of this podcast that 
this this question is pertinent. So could you please tell us just generally how much money do you make? Um, I make between one million and five million. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, no. Welcome no, to the club. No, no, exactly. No. <laughs> <laughs> Millionaire club. Uh, this would become a totally different podcast if that No, I make between uh, ninety and one hundred and twenty. Okay, and so so it's interesting because we have talked about the type of person that chooses to live in a tiny house, and many we have done a, a fair amount of research, and the people that we come across are people who are looking to not only downsize their lives, but downsize their, their expenses. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some of those people do that because they don't have a lot of income coming in. But what we are speculating, what Mark and I are speculating is, are there people like yourself who are making really good income by most measures um, and looking to do the tiny house um, even though they have plenty of money to to live in a more traditional spot. And this, obviously, the answer, as far as you're concerned, is yes, you're one of those people. Right. So my situation is a little um, unique. Uh, I have a boyfriend that I live with on the weekends. And during the week, we we both go our separate ways, have independent lives. So I spend most of my time, I'll spend my time at my tiny during the week. Um, I wanted to free up my cash so I can travel. And experiences mm-hmm. exactly. Mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not um, married to any sort of stuff. Stuff doesn't really do it for me. Um, although my boyfriend is a big stuff person, and it drives me batty. But I'm. I just. I would rather go out and travel and do things and see people. And you know, my brother is in Kansas City. My parents are in Palm Springs. So. If I feel like the next day I want to hop on a plane and go, I don't have to worry about it and I don't have to budget. Mm -hmm. So Interesting. Go ahead. Yeah. So when you first started thinking or when you first sort of um, found the tiny house movement or started looking looking at it as an option, what was your first sort of aha moment thinking why it would fit? And then what was your first initial fear or like maybe like there's always kind of this back and forth when you make a decision like, oh, this is really great, but, you know, but what? So can you talk a little bit about that process about um, discovering the tiny house movement and what you kind of went through um, thought process? Yeah, so I um, I just started searching on the internet and I thought, you know, this is perfect. Um, where do I spend most of my time? It's in the living room and it's in my bedroom. I don't like to cook, I don't cook doesn't matter it just seemed that I wanted something that I could customize the space to my wants and needs mm-hmm. not what society wants and needs mm-hmm. so um then I just kind of poured everything into it and I don't think I really had any sort of fear until I got closer to the actual time of deciding on a builder and then the financing and then the parking and all of that. So it was about six months um, before I met uh, a really good friend of mine, Michelle, who has her own tiny house. And um, then I got a lot of information from there. At, that's when I think the the anxiety started to kick in on oh, some levels. <laughs> Michelle, the anxiety <laughs> kicked in. <laughs> you and start a drinking. lot of information. A lot of information. That's weird. You think she would be more of a wallflower about that. Anyway, sorry, Celeste. <laughs> Story of my life. Exactly. <laughs> 
So okay, so so this is interesting. The so you 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 have this very particular, a unique perspective on how you want to live your life, and you're matching that to your lifestyle. Um, can you say who? You, who your builder is? I look at Michelle. No, like, does he, yeah, does sure. she want to? Yeah, okay, she okay, probably okay, wants good. to. Absolutely. Um, I chose Tiny Mountain Houses in Salem, Oregon. Huh. They've done a fantastic job. They, um, on their website, they have, I don't know, eight or ten different plans. So I took one of their plans and kind of modified it to what I wanted. And it just, they're phenomenal why why did you look at others like heirloom or any of the other yes their their price tag was a little too rich for my blood okay um again i don't i'm not a big stuff person Mm -hmm. so i don't need high-end things um i i was first really attracted to some of the houses at um tiny house chattanooga Mm -hmm. but beautiful homes yeah Mm -hmm. Yeah. but um my my boyfriend owns his own business and he said, Celeste, if something would go wrong yeah. and if you can't go up and see the home or you have to sue somebody for some reason, it's just a pain. So I turned to my very good friend, Michelle, <laughs> and she recommended, you know, f- about four uh, tiny house builders here in Oregon. And I researched them all and found that this was the best f- fit for me. Hmm. We gotta have Michelle on the sh- on the show. We should. That's yeah. a good idea. Like she that. sounds like she's very knowledgeable. Very much so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so you're gonna you're gonna live you're gonna live in your tiny house during the week. Yes. And then on the weekend, you're gonna live with your boyfriend. Uh-huh. Where's your boyfriend live? He lives about three miles where the house is. Okay, and then generally speaking, without revealing any details, mm-hmm. where is your tiny house? It's in Beaverton. Oh, that's a pretty good detail. Okay, is it on? Is it on a large piece of property, or is it in someone's backyard? Um, it's on somebody's property okay. slash large backyard. Ba- large backyard. Large backyard. Yes. Okay. okay yeah. Cool. Cool. And um, you're taking delivery of it, or you've taken delivery of it? Taken or? delivery of it. Okay. And may I say how much it's cost? Uh, it was sixty-one. Boy, he's really getting into the deets That's today. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> how much was I'm it? Fine. Sixty-one. Sixty-one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and how big is it? It is 300 square feet. Okay. Got a loft, I presume? Two. Two lofts. Yep. Nice. Ladders or stairs? Uh, stairs for, to one and ladder to the other. Okay. It was awesome. Can the dog get up the stairs? Um, they're pretty steep. Okay. I'm sure she could, but I th- she's only 15 pounds. I think I'll ju- I won't risk it. Yeah. I'm just yeah, going to yeah. have her get on my back and yeah. get her up. And how... <laughs> we talking no about comment. No <laughs> comment. Exactly. I don't want to hear about the back back door. Let's not even no, go there. I, I, <laughs> wow, I wasn't thinking that. I was thinking, how are you going to strap that dog on yeah. you? Um, yeah. What and then utilities like electricity and plumbing. Yep, uh, those go all through the land host. Got it. So I pay a rent, and it includes uh, water, electricity, uh, garbage, uh, internet. So you're plugged in, your electricity and your sewer are plugged into the houses. Existing. Not sewer. Okay. You I have a composting a toilet. Composting toilet. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Just water and electricity. Awesome. Awesome. And what's your monthlies now as opposed to what they were in the uh, apartment or the condo? About half. About half. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's good. Okay. So, so you're meeting your, you're meeting, you feel like obviously you're meeting your objectives. Absolutely. Are, are you, in, are you in yet? Are you in No. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my dad's coming up this weekend to help finish the closet area i see so very cool what does your boyfriend think about it he really likes it he's really um proud of me to take this step 
this unknown, mm. you know, mm-hmm. um, but he, he totally gets it. Um, he won't be spending a lot of time there. He is six, five, so he doesn't really fit, <laughs> but you know, we spend most of the time over at his house anyway. So it, it works out really well. And he's, he's really pleased. It's interesting that the, the tiny house movement is on this vanguard of many different, um, as ch- aspects of change in society, one of which you're pointing out here is relationship. And mm-hmm. I know Michelle doesn't live with her partner. Can I call him or boyfriend? Boyfriend. boyfriend? Okay, yeah. Boyfriend, and, partner, yeah. domestic. Yeah, and and we talked to that architect in California whose partner lives in a tiny house next to her, but they don't live inside the same. Remember that? Right. Correct. Yeah. We also talked to one whose boyfriend lives in like a big house full of stuff. That's right. The same property. That's right. And so, so what is the, what is that about for you with regard to the the look and feel of your relationship? Is this something that you think will be um, a consistent aspect of who you are, being sep- living separate from your partner? Definitely. Um, we were both married. I was married for fourteen years, um, and it just works for us. We've been dating for eight years now, and. We've always been separate, and it just, it's its good because I'm very independent. He's very independent. I work downtown, so when I get home at night, I want to hang out. He works from home, so in the evenings, he wants to go and do things. So during the week, we have our own friends. We do our own thing, and on the weekend, it is strictly for each other. Wow, that's cool. Yep. Can I tell the cute little story from the other day? Sure. <laughs> I don't know what that story is, but go for you it. You can always scream, stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We should have created a safe word before. This. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that a fact? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How interesting. Uh-huh. So I went to visit her tiny house the other day and her boyfriend was there and he was like, so uh, how much longer are you going to be here? And I'm like, um, I don't know, 45 minutes. And he's like, so you're going to be here for 45 more minutes. Uh-huh. And you're going to stay for 40. Uh-huh. And he said, well, I, I have I have something for her, and so I'm going to go get it. And I'm still not quite figuring out if he wants to come back after I leave uh-huh. or if he wants me to stay. Like, uh-huh. I really wasn't. It was, But it was this very cute sort of giddy surprise, but he was not. Anyway, so I stayed. He left. He came back. And it was very, very sweet and very cute. And he brought back um, a bottle of her favorite champagne and three glasses oh. and her dog to introduce um, the dog to the tiny house as well. Oh. And so we had um, a really fun little bonding moment um, celebrating the delivery of her tiny house. And so, you know, as a follow up to the question, how does your how does your boyfriend feel? I just wanted to give a, a sort of outside view um, of how he reacted and I thought that was very sweet. That is very cool, very sweet. Yeah. What size house does he live in? Uh, I think it's about 1800. Okay, so it's not gigantic. No. Um, is he, does he share this simplicity ethic at no. all? No. You said he was all toys. Yes. Um, what's his thing? What's yeah, he collect? His Antiques. Ooh. A Antique. lot of them. Oh boy. Antique everything or? Antique um, brewery stuff. And wow, petroleum cool. stuff. Cool. Oh, pet- oh my! Oh God. yeah, like, like gas, American like pickers, gas like tanks. the pickers. Oh. Gas, yeah. He, yeah. he yeah. restores yeah. gas tanks, stuff like that. But he's really into signs and neon and oh. old signs from the twenties and thirties. Ooh, I like and that. Yeah. yeah. It, there's no more room for any signs. You can give me a couple from my tiny <laughs> house. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just borrow them. Yeah, yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about um, the 
the design process, um, how you um, worked with your builder to um, gently, okay, I like this, but I want to <coughs> do this or I want to do that. Were they trepidatious? Were they concerned? Did they upcharge you a ton? How did that process go? You know, I was really surprised because I was nervous to go into their office and, and go through this process because I had no idea. I didn't know what to expect. I don't know anything about construction materials, nothing. So when I went in there, um, I just explained what I wanted, and he went through the upgrades. So do you want granite? Do you want this? Do you want that? And when I said no, he was like, fine. If I said, well, why would I want that? He would explain why or why not. Um, I told him I wanted wood floors. He said, I'll do whatever you want. If you want wood floors, I'll put them in there for you. Just know that another kind of flooring is going to be better because when you move it, it's going to shift and swell and shrink mm. and everything else. And, um, you know, I appreciated his honesty in those things. If I wanted wood floors, he would have put them in. What did he recommend instead of wood floors? Um, I actually did linoleum. Oh. That looks like wood floors. Mm -hmm. Mark even said so the other day. Yeah, he. I don't think he even realized that they weren't no. real wood wow. floors. So, you know, there were a lot of things like that um, that I I just really trusted trusted their advice, mm -hmm. and um, they were they were not pushy at all. Mm -hmm. They just wanted me to have what I wanted, mm -hmm. not what they wanted. Or wanted to sell me. Right. What was your biggest internal design conflict? Like, what what did you have the hardest thing deciding between? That was Mark, by the way. He hardly ever asks a question. <laughs> like, I'm never given the opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. Um, pro he, he did try to steer me into um, a, a toilet that had a hold holding tank. Hmm. And I... After I talked to my good friend, Michelle, um, you know, I wanted to be as flexible as possible because I had no idea where I was going to put this. And I don't think that it's very attractive to have a huge sewage truck come in and suck out your shit. So, Literally. Um, we right. just named the episode. So, you know, I ha kind of had to push on that one. I want this toilet. And, and so they did it. Hmm. Did he give you, did he, did he run through the advantages, disadvantages in that conversation? What was his advantage to having a tank? I think just, um, it's just one of those toilets that he has used before and, and he, I don't think he was really up to the toilet that I wanted. Um, yeah. So because my house is RV certified, so that's usually what people do is right. the holding tanks. Got it. Interesting. So, go ahead. <clears throat> oh, you can go next, and then I'll okay. go next. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> you mean next right now? Yes. Oh, I thought you meant next after your question. No, Sorry. No, no, no. Okay. There you go. So, okay. So, so you don't, I presume you don't want children. No. Okay. Interesting. So, so we, Mark and I have been doing some research for another tiny house project, and I was looking at some of the, the, um, Demographics? Some of the, well, the statistics about what mm. people are doing with tiny houses. And one of the things I came across is that a, some people are discovering that they are not a fit for the tiny house once they get into them. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I'm, are, is this something that you're planning to stay in for a long period of time? Or is this like you, uh, you see a future in which you're not living in the tiny house at some point? No, I think um, I'll be in it 
forever. Mm. I, I remember and I've always felt like if I was staying in a hotel room that was very large, I feel like I kind of get lost in it. I want everything kind of in a compact area. So it the small space does not bother me at all. So Michelle talked about talked about her long ago in a in a previous podcast. She talked about her the origins of her thinking that got her into the tiny house. Can you give us an idea of what you are that has you feeling so comfortable in such a small space? Like where did that come from? I don't really know. I think just I don't just being comfortable being alone and being with myself and just occupying the space that I need. Hmm. I think that's really what it is. Hmm. Interesting. It seems like you have kind of a minimalist attitude. Have you been that way since childhood? Not about things, but not necessarily. Um, my things come in the form of clothes and shoes and bags. Hence the large closet in my house. Um, The closet takes up 25% of her main floor. Oh my word. It's a walk-in, I presume. Yeah, it's huge. It's so amazing. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what Mark said. He's like, oh, is this the bedroom? She's like, no, that's the closet. (laughs) Wow. That's the closet. Wow. Yeah, I just, I think just, you know, growing up and, and just coming into myself you know, and I'm I'm four I'm forty something now, Me and oh, <laughs> and I, I I just really grew up and started to evaluate what was really important to me, and that's not stuff. What happened? So you were you said you grew up. Can you give more detail, like a story behind that 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 illustrates where that growing where that growing up happened and why? Like, was it when you were married or? Yeah, I think so. Um, my ex-husband... We like to call them husbands. Okay, my <laughs> husband. Mm-hmm. He, he, you know, <laughs> he wanted, he, he kind of wanted to keep up with the Joneses. He wanted a large, large house. He wanted the best cars. He went, I didn't want that. I didn't, those things don't make me. And so going through that with him and, you know, living a life with him for over 14 years it kind of, when we broke up, it kind of let me re- let go of that stuff. So it just, I think that was really the turning point. Mm. And at that point, I was like, well, I'm free. I can do whatever I want. What do I want to do? What's important to me? Do I want to own a $100,000 car? Or do I want to travel to see my friends and go places? Yeah. I chose the latter. Yeah. Do you think you're... you're- unique in that way or do you think the there are many people like yourself because i don't i don't get a sense that all tiny house people maybe they are that all tiny house people are this way do you that they're minimalists you mean or well that they that they like we have talked about mark that they are seeking maybe they are they're seeking more experiences over possessions well it definitely seems to be there's an inflection point where something happens Mm -hmm. where they go down this path and their lifestyle where a tiny house fits into it. Mm-hmm. It might not be the tiny house decision, but something happens like a broken marriage, somebody in their family gets sick, they get sick, mm-hmm. and they evaluate their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because because Celeste represents that aspect, and she also represents this other aspect that you and I have speculated about, you more than I, which is there are people who are wanting this lifestyle 
but they're not wanting it because it's a financial decision. It's more of a alignment to their values. And they still mm-hmm. have this six figure income, which is what we've been speculating, right. whether or not that it really exists. I think it exists. And I think also, sorry to interrupt our guest, but um, <laughs> I, I think it also, <laughs> just Celeste also represents, it's like, okay, and I'm going to go out and I'm going to, you know, make this happen, but I'm just going to buy it. In well, other that, words, I'm not going to take it on and build it myself, which is wonderful when people want to do that, but not everybody's going to want to do that. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, so that that's a really good point, Mark. So are you, you're financing your tiny house? Yes. How, how are you financing it? Did you get a bank to do it or are you doing it some other way? I got a credit union after a long, long fight. How long of a fight? Probably about a month. What were they resisting for? Um, well, I was I was approved for the loan back in March, and then in June, when I was going to start building, they reneged and said, we're not going to do this kind of loan anymore. What kind of loan was it? Um, well, they know it's a tiny house, but it's an RV loan. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, and so I went in other directions. I went to USAA. They were about to approve it, and then they wanted to see pictures. And then they saw the pictures and said, nope, we're not going to do this. Did they say why? Because they don't know if something should happen and you can't pay the payments, how are they going to get their money back? There's no real market out there right now for return on investment or if they could even se- resell it. There's no blue book. Right, There's exactly. no NADA or right. blue book. So yeah. it looks pretty and it's really nice and yeah. we recognize that it's a beautiful structure, but from a strictly numbers perspective, they have no ability to do risk assessment. Right. Yeah. Right. But exactly. the repo's easy as hell. Exactly. <laughs> Tell that thing away. <laughs> Tell that sucker down the road. So how With did you... you still in it, in yeah. the shower. <laughs> exactly. And your dog. <laughs> Why is my tiny house moving? Yeah. <laughs> so how did you prevail in that? Um, I actually... Gosh, I don't know how, but I had a connection with the um, finance lady who was putting it through i guess the loan officer Mm -hmm. and she was amazing and she fought tooth and nails to put it through and she said the day after the fourth of july the fifth of july she said okay we're gonna do it and i said send me those papers right now wow wow is she a tiny house enthusiast no i don't think so i know that this particular credit union has done a couple of these types of loans um you know, I had to do a lot of convincing that I'm not that kind of person that's going to default on on payments and I have a good job and, you know, I'm responsible, but anyone can say that. So yeah. I was I was very fortunate. Okay. How much did you put down? Yeah, I was going to... Zero. Oh. Wow. And and how much is your house again? 61. 61, okay. And, and you could have put money down though. I could have yeah. if I wanted to, yeah. yeah. And you just wanted the whole thing on a loan. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's basically a car. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so what? Um, um, why? Why did you choose to finance versus just laying out sixty grand? Well, one, I don't have just sixty grand. I see. Um, and it just it just makes sense for me. Well, see, this is interesting, Mark, because this is something else that I we have talked about that I speculated would be a kind of a strange thing when I think about the movement, which is that people would be willing to finance a tiny house when the whole idea at least in some aspects of the community was, is that tiny houses, tiny house livers are trying to get away from a monthly payment. So why would you take on a monthly mortgage 
for something that you're supposed to be getting away from. Kind of we thing. already know her answer, though, because she well, cut her bits in half. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Well, and a return on investment. Um, you know, again, the American dream, quote unquote, is the 30-year mortgage. The somewhat slightly more responsible but more uh, burdensome American dream is the 15-year mortgage. Mm-hmm. So um, if she were to, for instance, go ahead and pay the same amount for her tiny house than she was for her big apartment, mm-hmm. she could have it paid off in five years or less? Five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five yeah. years. Oh, wow. That's so, nothing. Right. So I, it's a five-year investment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've, I've actually... Um, I've done the math, and in seven years, I'll be 50, and that is my goal, to be completely free and clear of everything. Wow. So I have a, a, I know you had another question. May I ask a question? Or yes, of course. No, I was just going to make a comment about there was a discussion on Facebook this week that talked a lot about depreciation, mm-hmm. and I got a little huffy about it. I don't know if my hormones are raging Shocking. or whatever. Yeah, I know. I was going to say the same thing. That's no surprise. I was like, I'm sorry, because the guy was basically on Facebook, and he was saying, um, you know, tiny houses are just not a good investment. You know, they, they depreciate. Um, you're probably not going to be able to sell them for anywhere near what you paid, um, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was like, so? <laughs> exactly. Like, right. I don't care. Like, he was making it seem like we're comparing apples and apples as far as real estate investment decisions. Mm-hmm. And um, and I just don't think that way. Depreciation is just not even in the, in the calculations yeah. for me. Now, I was lucky enough that my ROI um, for all the cash that I outlined, which was during the build, I bootstrapped mine and sponsored, of course. But so my return on investment was 12 months. Mm, you know, wow. after 12 months, um, it's, you know, it would have been paid had I just financed the portion that I paid mm-hmm. cash for. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, so that then you get into, again, when it comes to loans and, and banks and calculations and return on investment and interest rates, um, yeah, depreciation wasn't a big deal for me. So that's kind of my, my soapbox this week. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll find a new one for next week. <laughs> <I'm sure you laughs> so, so, um, so Celeste, if you if if this were you're you're a pirate, so the, the audience knows that you're that we're not using your last name for privacy reasons, and and you want to stay under the radar. But let's say that this was a different environment, and you could live in a tiny house community. Um, would you be interested in something like that, or are you are you specifically looking to live by yourself on some piece of property someplace? That's an interesting question because I think about that a lot. It, I think it would definitely have to depend on the type of community. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, I we're ha- all going to sit around the fire we're and we're going to hold hands <laughs> See, and we're going to yes. smoke pot I, and we're going <laughs> to sing kumbaya. I, you know, I am a professional. I work nine to five. Um, I, I'm not a hippie. Don't want to be a hippie. I want to shower every day. I want to like look nice. Thank, thank goodness. Thank you. Um, it's a small studio. So it just <laughs> so. It, Depending on what it was, if there were like people, great. Or if it was a community where you had a bigger spot of land. Um, like like not a trailer park, you mean where you're right next door? Or? Right, okay. right, right. <clears throat> so, you know, you had a certain size and that was your yard or mm. whatnot. But, um, you know, meeting in the community clubhouse to cook together and stuff. No, that's not, that's not, just not me. Mm-hmm. Maybe for other people, but not me. Interesting. Autonomous inclusion. Exactly. Ooh, there's a hashtag there somewhere. 
<laughs> Who's taking notes? Damn it. I knew I forgot something. <laughs> well, interesting. And so, okay, so as a professional, you'd want to be living in a community of other professionals. Um, but I don't think you'd be a... a averse would you to having a more eclectic community where there were some hippies that were oh, no. added flavor to the no not at all mm. not at all it's just that whole i can have the hippie section <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> and the professionals over here wow. and the baby boomers hippie over water here it's like a john hip, waters hippie bathroom bathroom <laughs> the dog owners <laughs> over <Exactly>. here <laughs> see we're right we're drawing it as right. we speak yeah no i wouldn't be opposed to that at all um it's just that whole I don't know that kind of, I feel like I would be back in my college dorm and I, I'm at a part, Mm -hmm. I'm at a time in my life that I don't need to do that. Mm -hmm. So. Interesting. What would you, what it's, what would you, what would you like to see? I'm kind of doing an interview on a different subject. Mark probably knows what I'm doing, but I'm just curious because you represent this very unique type of person to me in a community like that. What would you be looking for? In terms of like, so you're living in your tiny home on this piece of property that has a little bit of backyard for you with other tiny houses. And um, I don't know if you know, but most of these communities that are popping up have like a central home Mm -hmm. that people can use. Um, Do you have any idea or have you thought about any other amenities that would be in such a community like swimming pools, tennis courts or yoga or something like that? No, no. I'm just not, you know, when I lived in my townhouse, we had the clubhouse, we Mm -hmm. had the pools, we had that. I I don't use that stuff, so I don't want to pay for it. Got it. And I don't think most people do use that stuff. Whenever I've been to condos or apartments, all those things, why they sell them as amenities, I don't think people ever really use them. Or people with a a million kids in the pool. Oh, right. Exactly. Which means I'm really not going to use it then because I don't want to become the lifeguard <laughs> I don't for like someone else's built-in <coughs> no. babysitter. You're right on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't like to swim and pee. There, oh, there, yeah. There's that. <laughs> so that's an alternate name for the podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Very interesting. So, uh, okay. So what do you, may I ask, we were not going to talk about your walk, work, but I do want to ask this question. What do you, what do you do for, what is your profession? Is that okay to ask? Yes, okay. I am an insurance broker. Oh, interesting. Okay. What do you think about? Uh, never mind. That's a boring ass question. Did you? Uh, <laughs> so let's talk about insurance, insurance for a minute. Yeah, I was, yeah. Let's talk about insurance for a minute. Is your house insured? <laughs> it is. And was it difficult? <clears throat> nope. Was it expensive? No, not really. Hmm. Okay. It's just like an RV. I mean, so you know, it depends on what you know what I value the stuff inside the RV and right. the RV mm-hmm. itself. So, I mean, it's a, more expensive than insuring a car, but not hugely. Mm-hmm. So you're really clear in your mind that you're living in an RV, essentially. Yes. And that's why um, you're living under the radar or wanting to be under the radar because you know that you can't live full-time in an RV. But in she's order. not actually living full-time in the RV, too. That's right. Because she's not. My permanent she's residence is at my boyfriend's. Correct. So her oh, mailbox smart. is at her boyfriend's house. She's at her boyfriend's house Friday, Saturday, Sunday night. She also travels a fair amount as well. Oh, you do? Okay. Um, so she really does sort of fit the almost ideal... Um, the almost ideal tiny houser, especially one that's as fairly out in the open as she is, in that it's not a script that she, I don't live here full time. You know, like 
it's reality. Nobody knows when she's coming and going. Yeah. There's not going to be any like you won't be able to set your clock by when her you know car pulls into the driveway. Interesting. Kind of so she really fits that ideal tiny house um, occupant that mm-hmm. that really isn't there full time and mm. therefore not breaking any rules from that perspective. Hmm. Where 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 do you like to to go when you have all this free time? Um, you know, I just. I'm a huge college football fan, so I go to a lot of games. Um, I do a lot of traveling down to Palm Springs to visit my parents. Uh, My brother's in Kansas City. I have friends where I grew up in Iowa. Um, We meet to go to just about anywhere, Um, going to London in November. So it's kind of everywhere. Hmm, Interesting. If you had a, if you had a, how much time do we have? Are we good? Five minutes. Okay. If you had a um, an opportunity to live w- where your tiny house is in a in the community that I was talking about before, and you had this other opportunity along with that residency to, on a periodic basis, live in someplace like London for six months, is that something that would be attractive to you as an amenity? Timeshare. Not really a timeshare, but like a membership kind of. Trade? Yeah, Hmm. trade. Like if you could live in London for six months or even three months. Yeah. In a tiny house over there. I don't think I've ever thought about that. Like a similar community that you'd be living in here full time in another country. Um, I mean, definitely if I I wasn't so committed to my boyfriend, he's not leaving his stuff. Let's (laughs) let's make that clear. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, that'd be great. Especially if I had a job that I could just work remotely. Right, that's the key, right that's there. That's the key. Mm-hmm. You, is your job such that? Um, I can, but it's I'm more productive in the office. So don't yeah. tell them that. Yeah, <laughs> they're not listening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. So what's next? So are, you're not in it yet, or are you? Nope. Not in two, two weeks. Two weeks. Awesome. And are you going to have a open house or something? Oh, you, I guess you're under the. Oh, you will. I, I will. Um, a lot of neighbors have stopped by and they think it's great. And once they meet me, they know that I'm not going to just trash up their neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I have a lot of friends, obviously, that are thinking, how are you going to do this, Celeste? You're nuts. Um, and so I want, you know, I want to take a day that everyone can come in over and, and take a look. So yeah, hopefully. So you've you've con- you've connected with all the neighbors, not all of them, but a lot of them. Yes. And why did you do that? Um, I just thought it was important that they knew me and not like I was trying to sneak around or you know I want to be visible to them as a person and um, actually have started a relationship with this eighty year old lady that lives next door and mm-hmm. I almost feel like there is a bigger purpose to, as to why I'm. In, I found this space and I'm in this nice. space. Mm-hmm. She's super excited to have a next door neighbor and I can come over anytime and she quilts a lot and all this. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe maybe it's it's meant to be that I'm there to watch over her when so, her family's not there. So you're not flying totally under the radar because you've I mean the the whole the whole risk as far as I know it, is that your one of your neighbors will see the thing you're doing and tell on you. But you've right. gone ahead and eliminated that possibility by going and talking to them. Correct. What did you tell them when you first met them? I just said that, you know, I'm parking my tiny house over here. It's an ongoing project. Um, and I'll be staying there sometimes. And all of them have been, like, cool. Yeah. Pretty excited, probably. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're really 
they're really interested. There's a lot of kids and and dogs in the neighborhood, and they're all kind of interested. Um, there was one woman who was a little on the fence, but, you know, she'll find out soon enough that it's not, you know, I'm not going to be putting up a whole bunch of sheds. Blue tarp and, sheds. Exactly. Right, right. <laughs> Old cars with no wheels on them, <laughs> stuff like that. So it's so interesting. So there's there the the under the radar aspect of your soon to be lifestyle doesn't really is not that significant. Because well, it still scares the shit out of me because I don't want to move my house and right. I don't know where I would go. Got it. But I I can't live like that. You live know, like what? In fear. Got it. I mean, yeah. so <clears throat> they come up to the homeowners and say you've got this in your backyard, you got to get it moved okay, it's not like they're going to throw me in jail. Right. I'll just move it. Move it to where? I don't know, but there's got to be a place that if I don't have something right away that I can store it Correct. Yeah. and live at my boyfriend's house. Yeah. So I've kind of got that backup mm-hmm. safety net that I think a lot of people don't have. Right, right. Well, I think in general, um, again, her, her under the radar aspect, especially for the purposes of the podcast, uh, we don't want to provide too many details because we want to value her Privacy, privacy, especially here in Portland yeah. and, and and so forth. But at the same time, uh, where her house is, is parked is in someone's backyard. It's not surrounded by a fence or trees or anything. It is very wide open oh. space, easily visible by anybody driving down the road. Oh, interesting. So while she is in someone's backyard, it's very, very visible to the neighbors. Huh. Um, and by far, the most of the people that are getting, quote unquote, kicked out of other people's they put their tiny house in someone's backyard here in Portland. There's a couple of recent stories and um, the number one theme um, in those stories is these people unapologetically park their tiny house in someone's backyard. They set up shop, they set up a patio and a burn pit and just went about, you know, stacking all their stuff all over the place and didn't talk to a single neighbor. Uh, so that's the overriding theme gosh. is they thought that the the city or the county or whatever would would um, make accommodations for them. They thought this is cool, this is trendy. No, how well there's tiny houses down the road, no one kicks them out, you know. So, the difference in my mind um, between those that successfully uh, stick and those that really get kicked out, I guess, for lack of a better term, is the relationships you build with a community. Um, zoning rules are really only enforced by complaint. Again, she's really unique because she's really not. Uh, violating any zoning rules. The zoning rules say you can temporarily uh, occupy your yeah. RV in your backyard. So she's yeah. she's not even doing that. But you don't even want to have the conversation. And right. I think to even avoid the conversation, you want to be really respectful um, of your neighbors and their opinions and their concerns. And, and I think that um, that's kind of the overall theme here. Very interesting. Well, um, Celeste, this has been a fascinating show. Thank you so much for being with us today. And... Um, Wow. Good luck on your future. It's going to be exciting, I think. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You're going to have to give us that contact information for, for your friends so we can interview her as well. Which which one is that? <laughs> that Michelle. Oh, that oh. yeah, for sure. She's we got to get Michelle get on quick. the <laughs> show before. Yeah. She's, got she's so kind of shy, though. I'm not sure. Yeah, we can pull her out of a show. <laughs> we can pull her out. <laughs> like a snail. Like a snail. So um, who are we talking to next week, Mark? Ethan Waldman. Oh, yeah, Ethan. And who is he? Um, huh? Ethan. He's Ethan. (laughs) Garden of Ethan. Uh, I bought, I met him at Tiny House Summer Camp. He is Tiny House. 
thetinyhouse.net. There you go. Thetinyhouse.net. Okay. Um, So Ethan Waldman, I met him recently at Tiny House Summer Camp, which I just got back from. And um, one of his... um, his story, or I guess his one of his messages that I found really valuable uh, going into the winter is um, weatherizing your tiny house. Mm-hmm. I actually learned a ton um, from listening to him talk about um, having a, you know, like for instance, having an on-demand uh, propane hot water heater. Mm-hmm. Uh, you think that's great um, because you're avoiding all the electric um, and that's, but when it freezes, not so much. So, oh, great. Um, now you tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so he had some really great advice and he's just, a, he's again, one of those, um, East coast people that was a little, that's on the extended, the frills of our, of our influence here in the West coast. Um, but was really fun, um, to listen to and has a lot of really great advice about weatherizing. So oh, cool. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, tune in next week, listeners, and you will hear that awesome story and the details that come from Ethan. And in the meantime, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Should take her bag off her head now. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Tiny House Podcast. To find us online, go to tinyhousepodcast.com, where you will also find our show notes, if we remember to put them there. Our logo was designed by the amazing Carolyn Maine. Our website is hosted by the gang at Sitecast. Our theme music is by Oma Studio. Please go to iTunes and give us a five-star rating, or whatever. You tiny house-loving bastard. Tiny House Podcast is probably made in Portland, Oregon. 